0: Is there anybody in the Joe Biden administration who's actually healthy? What's up? This is Marque Saves the Republic. And I don't know if you heard of the news over the weekend, but Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin uh, was hospitalized for some kind of elective procedure. And he didn't tell anybody. He didn't. Nobody knew. Nobody knew for like days. The person who's the deputy uh, dep- the uh, secretary of uh, defense found out like a couple days ago. She was chillin- kicking it in like Puerto Rico or someplace. Joe Biden didn't find out until the surgery was over you had the secretary of defense under anesthesia knocked out cold and nobody in the government knew which i'm going to be honest with you it doesn't surprise me or shock me at all but uh but really we need some healthy people man we need some people that don't have to don't have to pass over their power because because remember joe biden had to do this with kamala harris already uh because he had some kind of procedure and what's all these procedures what's lloyd austin even doing i feel like we should I feel like if you're gonna keep it a secret, we should know, was he getting breast reduction surgery? Was he getting his tubes tied? No, not the tubes tied, that's something different. What is it they called when they do the stomach? They like, they put a band on your, yeah, it's like a band on your esophagus so you can't eat as much stuff or don't they staple your stomach? They like staple your stomach together. I don't know what it is. Uh, But anyway, that's what happened and now Lloyd Austin is, apparently he's back at work. Uh, But this is a big stinking deal. You can't just disappear when you have a large position in government like for example and that's not a fat joke again that's not a fat joke a large position in government but um when you have an important role in our government let's let's go with that when you have an important role in our government you cannot just disappear for some kind of elective sur- elective surgery you just can't go away to the hospital and not tell anybody oh by the way i know that i'm in charge of the largest fighting force in the country and i know that there's two major wars raging at the moment but um I'm not. You know, I'm. You're not going to see me for a while, and I'm not going to tell you why. That's not. You can't do that. There are certain protocols that have to be followed. Uh, here we go. This is from the Wall Street Journal. The Pentagon's number two official didn't learn that her boss was hospitalized January first until four days after she had assumed some of his duties, deepening the mystery of why Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was hospitalized and why he hid his medical situation from senior defense officials and even President Biden. Until days after he was admitted, look, I'm no doctor, but I'm just going to say, if you are hiding your uh, if you are hiding your surgery, if you're hiding your medical um, problems, if you are going in to do something and you're not telling your boss about it or anybody about it, I have to imagine that probably this is some kind of underlying condition that you've been lying about for a while, and maybe Maybe you lied about it when you got the job or maybe you lied about it earlier in your career when you joined the military. Who knows? But this is clearly something that he's typically you don't just get something right out of the blue that you're going to you're going to hide from folks. Um, The only reason you wouldn't make it uh, it known to your to the people that are taking your position or holding down the Ford or your boss is because it's something that's going to either cost you your job or that's going to bring about some kind of, you know. Unwanted attention because of your past history. So anyway, we'll get into that story a little later on today. A couple of other big things that happened over the weekend. Uh, the other thing is that the Supreme Court has decided to decide whether or not Donald Trump can be kept off the ballot in 2024. This is a big story because once the Supreme Court makes their decision, it's it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. Once the Supreme Court makes its decision, then all of a sudden you are going to uh, see every single state. Drop their battle because you know if if the Supreme Court federally says Donald Trump can be allowed on the ballot in Colorado, then in Maine they have to put him on the ballot. In Minnesota, they have to put him on the ballot. Every one of these other court cases just disappears. The Supreme Court has already ruled on Donald Trump's legitimacy as a candidate and whether or not uh, Donald Trump can continue to move forward. There is there is of course this battle in the Democrat Party to stop Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form they can. In Colorado, the Supreme Court weighed in and said Donald Trump is guilty of insurrection, even though Donald Trump's not guilty of insurrection, has been charged of insurrection, has been convicted of insurrection. There's no in- insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. None of it has ever happened. And there's no proof. But the Supreme Court of Colorado doesn't care because they're Colorado and they can do whatever they want. Well, that's, where the, that's what led this uh, the whole thing to the Supreme Court in the first place. And now, uh, you've got people in Maine who can just arbitrarily, this woman, the Secretary of State, remove Donald Trump from the ballot. Well, it, it, this is a win for Donald Trump. Uh, he went to the, he petitioned the court in the first place. They announced on Friday they will decide whether former President Donald Trump can be kept off the ballot. Um, the justices acknowledge the need to reach a decision quickly, as voters will soon begin casting presidential primary ballots across the country. Uh, they're going to um, they're gonna be taking this up on February the 8th. Uh, February the 8th is when the oral arguments will be held. And then they will uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, produce a decision before Super Tuesday, which is March the 5th. And that's when the largest number of delegates are up for grabs, including in Colorado. Uh, Trump was at a campaign event in Iowa. He said, all I want is fair. I just hope that they're going to be fair. Now, if you go by the actual Constitution of the United States of America, which we assume we're not 100 percent sure. But we assume is what all (laughs) is what we is what all Supreme Court justices base their rulings on. Again, you can never be too sure in this day and age. But the Constitution of the United States is the document they're supposed to be interpreting. And if a law is passed, or if a state does something, or if a president writes an executive order, they're supposed to look at the Constitution, look at that decision, compare and contrast the two. And if it they don't match up, then they've got to strike it down. And this seems pretty cut and dry, clear cut. The, the rules and regulations for who can run on the ballot, the rules and regulations for who can't run on the ballot or who should be disqualified from holding office are written right there in the 14th Amendment. I mean, that's the one that everyone's been discussing. And so you've got now nine justices all looking at the same Constitution. And I have to tell you, if ever there were a 9-0 decision, this should be the 9-0 decision. I don't care what your politics are. I don't care who appointed you. I don't care if you're one of the three Supreme Court justices that Donald Trump appointed to the bench. I don't care if you're Elena Kagan or Katanji Brown Jackson. I don't care if you're the other Uber liberal. I don't even care if you're uh, if you're John Roberts. Um, you know who who is either liberal or Republican, depending on which way he wakes up. He wakes up, he's like, oh, I think I'll be a liberal today. Or he wakes up and goes, ah, no, you know what? I think I think I'll stay in a conservative today. All of those things are are are, are you know problematic on the regs, but in this particular situation, when you look at the actual constitution, there should be no argument, no qualms about saying, yes, Donald Trump can be on the ballot because again, he's done nothing wrong. Uh, nothing. There's been no due process. There's been no accusations. There's been nothing at all to stipulate that he shouldn't be on the ballot, um, which means if it's not a 9-0 ballot, if it's not a 9-0 decision rather from the Supreme Court, if anybody on the Supreme Court comes back dissenting and saying, you know what, Donald Trump should be taken off of the ballot, then that Supreme Court justice should be removed from the bench because they're clearly corrupt. They're corrupt. They're using uh by they're using their partisanship to make decisions. They're not interpreting the Constitution of the United States the way the Constitution of the United States should be interpreted. And they are derelict in their duties as Supreme Court justices. There's no way. They should retain those lifetime appointments, which along with it comes a lifetime salary and benefits and pension and all that other jazz. It should be, I mean, if there's ever been a clear cut 9-0 decision, this is it. So if anybody votes to remove Donald Trump from the ballot, or if anyone sides with the decision in Colorado, then uh, we've got a serious issue on our hands. And that's a red flag for their appointment to the court. The last thing that I want to mention early today, and that we're definitely going to delve into during the Marque show, which uh, starts at noon Eastern, eleven Central today, is this decision that the House of Representatives has apparently come to, or that Mike Johnson has come to with the Senate, based on the spending resolutions. Now, we had on the show last week; you may have seen it. Aaron Bean, Representative Aaron Bean, came in, and we had some fun with him. You know, we uh, we pretended like he commandeered the show, and I'll be honest with you, he did a great job. He for years, this guy ever since he became a congressman, ever since I became uh, a radio talk show host, he's been telling me, hey, Mark, here's what I want to do. I want to come in and I want to take over your show and I want to interview you on your own show and I want to be the host and you're going to be the guest. And I just thought he was crazy. I mean, he is kind of, but uh, I just I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that one time. And then, you know, he would come in again. And he'd be like, hey, Mark, listen, next time I come in, this, that, and the other. And so finally, what happened was, I uh, I decided that you know he was he was coming in again, and I said, "Look, if you're coming in this time, Hannah's out. Why don't we have some fun with it? Why don't we do that thing you wanted? But we'll pretend like you've commandeered the show. Like you just burst in here and you just grab the helm for me. We'll make it a big deal. We'll have an intro." And he was all about it, so we did that. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and in the end, uh, I'll be honest with you, I was I was presently ple- pleasantly surprised at how well he did he did a great job reporting on his own he did a great job interviewing me he had the presence of mind to uh be entertaining and you know um he took the questions that came in from the audience and he answered them all and when we had a good time we had a lot of fun so it was exciting to have him anywho the whole point of this is that one of the things he discussed was the border and how crucial the border is and how any measure of spending any bill that comes through, anything that Speaker Johnson or the Democrats want done, there has to be some kind of uh, there has to be some kind of measure for border security attached to it. And if there isn't, then they shouldn't vote for it. If there isn't, then it should just be shot down. Uh, Chip Roy was on all the news shows over the weekend saying the same thing: There are a lot of conservatives in the House of Representatives who are going to be steadfast in their resolve not to vote for anything that doesn't bring increased border scrutiny, whether it's border spending, border patrol agents, whether it's Romanian-Mexico policies, whether it's barbed wire, I mean, whatever it is, there's so many different things that they want to curb the flow of uh, illegal immigration at the border uh, that the Democrats are just ignoring. And, and th- that's gonna be the argument. Look, if you want A, we want B. If you want money for Ukraine, we want money for our border. If you want money for Israel, we wanna make sure that immigrants stay in Mexico. If you want money for this, that, or the other stupid thing, then you've got to make some concessions and make sure that, our, uh, make sure that our, our country is secure and that our sovereignty is protected. And that's where we are at the moment. Um, so as this fight comes to fruition, because look, we only got two weeks before the government shuts down. Personally, I don't think anyone's going to get anything. I don't think they could do it. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to a government shutdown. I believe that's going to happen in a couple of weeks just because of the inability, uh, inability by our Congress to really get anything done in a quick period of time. Also, the fact that the fact that we have a situation now where the Democrats are wholeheartedly dead set against securing the border, and the Republicans, I firmly believe, are wholeheartedly dead set on keeping uh, this border control issue at the forefront, we could get a we could get a government shutdown. Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, already said there's going to be no more continuing resolutions, so we're going to see what has to happen. Now, the problem is, or the the troubling scenario is. There's such a small majority in the House of Representatives. You've got all these people who are leaving. You've got, what's his name, who's going off to be uh, the, young, the uh, president of Youngstown, uh, Ohio's college. You've got Kevin McCarthy who took his bottom at home because he's a big sore, like sore loser. And you've got George Santos who, a bunch of idiots in the House of Representatives, voted out, thus making their majority even slimmer. So because of that, I mean, they're going to need a lot of Democrats to make sure this thing passes, and that's going to give the Democrats a lot of clout. That's going to give Hakeem Jeffries and his caucus and his, his votes, uh, that's going to give them a, a large say in what's going to be happening moving forward. So it's going to be problematic. It's going to be difficult. I don't think it's going to be a slam dunk. I don't know that the Re- Republicans are going to be able to get everything they want. And if the Republicans fail once again to deliver to the voters and their constituents everything they promised then I think we're going to see uh, kind of a revolution in, in 2024. It's either going to be one of those revolutions where everyone's like, screw you guys. And they hand the House of Representatives back to the Democrats. Or I think maybe it's going to be a revolution where we continue to look at the names and we continue to see uh, who's selling us out, who's stabbing us in the back and we get them out. And we're like, look, we're going to we're gonna primary your, you guys. I, did a, I put together a thing, I haven't mentioned this yet, but over the weekend I launched a, um, a, a new program. It's called the Conservative Survival Kit for 2024. The Conservative Survival Kit for 2024. And I came up with this idea for a couple of reasons. Number one, I did a survey just before Christmas. I said, hey guys, I wanna know what you're concerned about in 2024 because I wanna know what I need to focus on in 2024 because I wanna know how to help you and serve you best with this show in 2024. And I had like 512 people answer. It was amazing. And everyone was really honest. They poured out their souls and they said, there's two things that concern them. Number one is uh, money. They don't don't have any money. Inflation's horrible. Their income doesn't match their expenses. Gas prices are through the roof. The price of everything's really through the roof. Their home values are down. And Joe Biden is still in control of this economy for another year. And they don't know how they're going to survive. You know, a lot of people that follow me and watch the show and watch Newsmax are retired or close to retirement or saving up for retirement, and they're starting to see their retirement dwindle. They don't have the, uh, the nest egg that they thought they did, and they blame Joe Biden, and they're scared for the future. So that's one of the things I was focusing on. And the second thing was, of course, getting Donald Trump elected. Uh, how do we reelect Donald Trump? How do we get Donald Trump back in office? Because, look, if you want to destroy Bidenomics, that's one big problem. Part of it. I mean, you can do everything you want. There's a lot of things that I lay out personally. And in fact, tomorrow we have a big webinar that we're hosting um, to lay out a plan for you to personally build up your your uh, war chest against Bidenomics. But until you get Biden out of there, these these policies are gonna. It's gonna be a bitter fight. So realize. So those are the two things we're focusing on: fighting Bidenomics, um, and also uh, preparing for Donald Trump's return in 2024 and how we do that. But one of the things. That I added in there as kind of a bonus is something I like to call the Rhino Watchers Guide, and basically, why well, I, I was going to call it the Rhino Hunters Guide, but I remember, I remember that guy, well, that one guy who was running for office, and he came up with the Rhino Hunters, and there were guns involved, and people don't like when you hunting has a very negative connotation in politics. So anyway, um, I came up with the Rhino Watchers Guide, and I go, I show you my process how I find the uh, voting records of different politicians and voting records of different um, representatives and see who's really a rhino and who's not and who's really fulfilling their promises and who's not. And I said it to Aaron Bean when he was here. I said, look, just so you know, we're following your voting record and you're doing a pretty good job. One or two times I've scratched my head and said, eh, but for the most part, we're proud of you. And, and I think that that's important. These, th- these conservative representatives, they only hear from their constituents when they suck. And that, fair enough. I mean, they should. They should, but they don't hear from anybody when they're doing a good job. So I like to personally say, after a big vote, like the George Santos vote, when all these clowns voted to expel George Santos, my own representative, John Rutherford included, I thought to myself, what are you guys doing? Why are you just, why are you stabbing yourself in the eye and making it less, you know, uh, it may, and making it more difficult for you to do things? It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I wrote to everybody, I wrote to everybody else. Uh, Kat Camack, for example, and Matt Gates. And I said, thank you guys for doing what you did, because I know it was a difficult vote for some people. It seemed easy. The NDAA, same thing. There were some representatives who voted for the NDAA that I was shocked by. There were some that said, no way. You know, we need to fund the, the United States military. That's a fact, but we can't do it by selling out the privacy uh and, you know, passing this unconstitutional FISA act once again for regular law-abiding Americans. So there's there's a back and forth, but we are watching. And so um, part of the conservative kit, the conservative survival kit for 2024 includes that Rhino Watchers Guide, and you can watch it, you can learn from it, and I give you all my links. Um, But those are the things that, those are the things that are important. And coming up in 2024, I believe there will be, and there should be a revolution of conservatives. And any of these, any of these spineless, driveling, conniving, deep state, you know, black, I mean, I know that. I know how it happens. You know, when we get into it. There's people that are in blue districts. They're red conservatives in blue districts. And so they vote with the Democrats so they don't lose their jobs, which makes them totally pointless. And it makes having a Republican majority, I mean, it, it defeats the whole purpose of having a Republican majority. If you're a Republican in a blue district, vote for Republicans. Vote with the Republicans. Obviously, you won somehow. You didn't win by pandering to Democrats. So why are you pandering to, dem- to Democrats now? I don't get it. The second thing is, I know that there's some people who have been compromised either on purpose or by money. I, I get it. There's blackmail. We heard what Tom or uh, we heard what um uh, what's his name? Uh, the uh, the guy from Tennessee. I forget his name, but we heard what he told Benny Johnson about how the deep state goes in there. Tim Burchett, thank you. Uh, how the deep state goes in there and they try to they try to 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 um, get people into compromising positions and use that as clout to get them to vote whichever way they want. So anyway. There's a lot going on, and we need that kind of revolution, especially if the Republicans fail us here again on this border issue. Because it's so important that if and when Donald Trump comes back in 2024, he has the tools in his shed to build the America that we want and to do it quickly. And that means conservatives, not Republicans, conservatives in the House of Representatives and conservatives in the Senate. And those are the three things we need to really focus on uh, going into the 2024 election. Look, if you want to go get the conservative kit for 2024, it's it's conservativekit.com, the 2024 conservative survival kit with all the added bonuses, all the uh, all the information you need to survive Bidenomics and Trump's path to victory, and the rhino watching guide. And there's all it's it's written down. I've recorded audio and video so you can watch and listen along. It's um uh, it's really fantastic, and it's delivered delivered digitally because man, screw the post office. <laughs> I'm sorry. After Christmas, holy cow, I wrote a big email in the market uh you know in the uh, daily Patriot email um this morning about how the post office was I believe weaponized against conservative influencers over the holiday season and I offer proof. Um so this is delivered digitally to you. If you get it today, you get it today. You don't have to worry about going to the the post office. You don't have to worry about going to the mailbox. You don't have to worry about it getting lost in the shuffle or run over or damaged. It's all di- delivered digitally. Uh, Go to conservativekit.com, conservativekit.com. And of course, if you're not already a subscriber to this podcast, you're going to want to do that because we have so much to cover every single day to make sure that we are all on the same page, that we're fighting the same fights, that we know who our common enemies are, and that we have a battle plan to beat them into submission, to overcome every single obstacle they put in front of us, and to take back this country in 2024. So that in November on election day, you and me and everybody else can walk into that voting booth, do what we need to do and save the republic.